once again return to the game show movie trivia. Today's contestant, Zach. Zach. Yeah. This is That's me. Five, I'm, I'm this, is, this is the $500,000 question. I am going be... to list actors and actresses that were in a film together. You have to name that film for each additional actor slash actress you take. Uh, you the the question is worth fifty thousand dollars less. You get one guess per actor or actress I name. Do the rules okay. of this question make sense to you? I think. Are you so you're naming both of them? I'm and naming one individual at a time. You're naming one, and I have to say what the movie is. Correct. I feel like it's sort of stacked against me, Tom. Uh, there's no way I'm gonna win this five thousand dollars if I just am set up to fail immediately it's five hundred thousand. you can ask for a new actor or actress and then you lose fifty thousand. okay Let, hey, let's try it pete davidson uh guardians of the galaxy 3 i believe he has a cameo in that tilda swinton tilda and pete the, the two actors the only two what could they both have been in brie larson davidson wasn't in avengers endgame was he ezra miller this is bad this is really bad i don't i don't like this daniel radcliffe i'm losing i'm hemorrhaging money here tom john cena can't be real this isn't real this is a fake movie lebron james oh is this um is this smallfoot the animated film smallfoot bill Hader. bill was in this i love bill I'm not doing well. You have no guess? I really don't. I can't. This is it's a a poor mark on my on my expertise here, Tom. Amy Schumer. Oh, is it a train wreck? It is train wreck. Pete Davidson was in train wreck? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that's a wild cast. Uh, is, I don't know how much really money you cast. ended up with. Uh negative 500,000, I believe. Anyways, welcome to yeah. Pools of Gold Variety Hour. Yeah, that's Tom. I'm Zach. And we're joined today by a special guest, our friend, Emmy. Say hello, Emmy. Hey, what's up? I was seriously Googling that entire time because that's an insane cast. Yeah, it kind of gets crazier. There's like even more. <laughs> like, I don't know who was in the casting directing seat when they were making these calls. I've also never seen the movie, though, so I can't speak it's... to whether that cast works pretty good from what i remember it's i mean it's a you're vaguely like early to mid 2000s semi raunchy rom-com mm. but like uh lebron james is actually surprisingly good in it um much better than he is in space jam 2 emmy i wanted to start this episode out with a question for you and that question is as as a listener to, a self-admitted listener to this show mm -hmm. uh, is it weird and as someone who has known both me and Tom, uh, for a relative number of years. Is it weird that the dynamic of the show is that Tom is the wild card and I'm the like sort of straight man? Is that um, how you thought this would go down? Here's the situation is at first glance, I think people that don't know you too well would say, oh, that's odd. But I think Truly, if you've been in a scenario with both of you in person, it's really not that weird for you to be the straight man. I think yeah. especially when put up against Tom. Tom just, okay, here's the thing with Tom. Hi, Tom. 
Um, there are several episodes where I was listening to you guys, and I was like, Tom is truly just saying whatever is the craziest thing on his mind, I think. Mm-hmm. You're just like, I'm going to take everyone's expectation of what I could say next and just flip it. And I really appreciate that for podcast dynamics, but also, you know, I think this will be a good conversation. <laughs> And maybe I can provide some kind of balance, which again, I think yeah. throws off the dynamic because yeah. I'm usually not the one to provide balance. Now, Emmy. Yes. I'm going to set a timer for 30 seconds. Okay. And you're going to have 30 seconds to name 10 movies with a color in the title. Your time starts now. Oh my gosh. I, ah, wait, how many seconds do I get? 30. <laughs> that's, a, 30. that's a dumb question to use. Increasingly okay, less. The color, the color purple, clearly. Um, I want to say the yellow wallpaper, but I know that's an essay, and that's not a, yeah, that's, a, that's a short story, and it is not. Um, 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 is the Red Badge of Courage a movie? It's probably. A I don't know. Is it a movie, though? It's probably been made into a movie. Um, um, oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. I'll, um, I'll give you that one. I'll give you that uh, one. Uh, um, Red Badge Courage is a black, black, uh, black Klansman. Very good movie. Um, There's a whole lot of blacks that you can get through here. But unfortunately, time is out. Out of context is a crazy thing to say, Zach. (laughs) 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 Okay, I got three. Swamp, Panther. uh, uh, There are more. Blanked Um, on every single color that could ever exist. Sorry, Black did you, one, was Black the third Panthers. one you li- listed was Eminem, Zach? Black Adam. I said it was oh, Black Swan, Black Panther, Eminem. Oh, gosh, Black Swan. Yeah, oh, got three. Hey, everybody. We are in the midst, not we, but uh, stuff, stuff's happening in, in our world, and we're here to maybe talk about it. Uh, first of all, uh, we had a, a segment a few episodes back where I talked about uh, movies based on products that don't have an inherent an inherent narrative behind them. Yeah, and, and you shit all over Air, which is a great movie. I know. I was, that was pre-me seeing Air, and I saw Air, and I'm pro-Air. Okay? Here's the thing. We got another one coming down the pipe. We got a Death Flamin' is. Hot Cheetos movie. Oh, that'll just... Coming our way. No. About the man who created Flamin' Hot Cheetos. See, and... I, I would rather that they make a movie where the Flaming Hot Cheeto is the protagonist than have some kind of backstory on the man who made it, right? Do a Lego movie. Sure. I feel like that's sure. a better way of going about it. I would watch that. I don't want history. So, um, uh, I, I'm not familiar with the, the lead actor who plays Richard Montanez, the creator of the uh, Flaming Hot Cheetos, but one there was a trailer that dropped the other day for this, and let me tell you guys, the wig work in this movie is really something else. It has to be seen to be believed. Every single actor I believe in this trailer is wearing a wig. Uh, you get Tony Shalhoub wearing a wig that makes him look my boy Tony Shalhoub. I do that love makes Tony him look. Shalhoub. Very, he looks a little bit like uh, Casey Kasem. Uh, the good Matt Walsh, a famously balding man, wears uh, 
as as opposed to the bad Matt, Matt Walsh. I was um, just going to say, I think I was thinking of the other Matt Walsh. <laughs> the good Matt Walsh, who's funny <laughs> and is in movies and TV shows, um, oh. is wearing a uh, a wig. Uh, Dennis Haysbert, a.k.a. the deep voice Allstate guy, oh. I believe he's wearing a wig in the trailer. Tom, are you checking that trailer out? Do you see all these wigs? I'm, I, uh, yes, to answer your question. Um, just some, just some, a lot of, a lot of fake hair in this, in this trailer. Is it like very clearly fake too? I mean, the Tony Shalhoub one looks very fake to me. Why is it, why is it PG-13? For, so you can bring the whole family, but what? they can no. still. No, I'm not saying like, as opposed to R, I mean, like, as opposed to PG. <laughs> This movie about Cheetos. This is know. there's a at the timestamp one minute and fourteen seconds. That is clearly a wig. The he's the main the main character. Yes. He's he's got like a mullet. Yeah. And it yeah that is a wig. Here I'll screenshot you... it and send it to the the chat here because it is. Thank you. Matt Walsh Do you is clearly think... wearing a wig. Do you guys think that they're gonna use the two f bombs they're technically allowed to use? Oh maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. Yes. Guardians of the Galaxy did it. Listen, did? <laughs> no, they the, didn't. Yeah, the, Guardians of the Galaxy the 3 does one, they, have an F word. They what? do they, an uncensored oh, F word. I haven't seen it yet. No, I haven't They give seen it to it Chris Pratt. Um, Why would they give it to him? Here's, I want Rocket uh, to say it. Now, I just feel like as a society, we've gone soft because of... Um, this is me getting into my... Uh, oh, he's going to get political here. Yep. Yeah. We've gone soft... We don't make them like we used to. Back in the day, we could have PG-13 movies that actually said things and and did things. And now... You care to be a bit more specific? There's Matt Walsh with his... Everyone word. is <laughs> too afraid. No, I just... I'm saying, like... Uh, I just think that because Marvel has made so many and they've been so family-friendly for so long that, like, now... I mean, if you looked at a PG a PG movie in the 1980s compared to PG-13 now, wildly different. I mean, mm -hmm. that's fair. Well, I mean, if you look at a PG movie in the 80s, it's wildly different now, too. Right. I'm just saying it's weird that it's an anomaly for a PG-13 movie to have an F word. I mean, I think it's getting less and less an anomaly like it's almost expected i when i go and see a pg-13 movie i'm waiting for that f-bomb i'm waiting how they use it is very interesting to me that's i loved yeah. um do you uh, what's, color? do you yell do you pump your fist do you clap i get really excited yeah um but i what's that one movie about the potatoes on mars the martian, the martian okay yeah um <laughs> that one uses both of theirs that's a pg -13. well it uses both of theirs and then they use even more. That movie is so creative about having F-bombs that aren't actual F-bombs. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. It's art. I love it. Because you see him, like, mouth it, I believe. Like, there's, there's mm -hmm. a scene in which he's, like, reacting to a message, and it's... But you see it from, like, outside, like, the space truck or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not. That's a technical term, the space truck. And yeah. you, you, you see him, I guess, mouthing it. True. True, true. Tom, if you had your druthers uh -huh. and could change the specifications for a PG-13, what, what would you want, like, what, what oh, I just if think you could make changes, like, what would you want it to be? 
just I just want families to not think that children need to be sheltered from such things is all. The Guardians of the Galaxy using the F word has gotten a lot of like backlash in certain communities. I mean, the most communities I see that from is um, are from like middle school Marvel fans who realized that their movie wasn't going to be just a tiny bit less wholesome than they hoped it would. Like, it's I haven't seen any like parents that are mad about it. I haven't even heard about it until this moment right now. I also think it's funny that they let one to two F-bombs, depending on the situation, allowed Mm -hmm. in PG-13 movies. Because it's like, I mean, once it's said, like, does it actually matter? Like, I don't know. I feel like gratuity is is important, but also, like, if it's said once, come on. <laughs> like, Right, once the seal is broken. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I either say, really say it no that, times. Though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the rules, I, I mean, I don't know a ton about this, but from what I've heard, the rules through which the MPA or MPAA uh, rate movies are fairly subjective for the most part like if a movie gives off pg-13 vibes essentially it'll give it'll get a pg-13 like i think Mm -hmm. the hardest rules for like a pg-13 is up to two f-bombs and any like explicit drug use is automatically a pg-13 and if not higher um but i don't know if there's anything like hard and fast rules regarding that. From the MPAA, a PG-13 rater is a sterner warning to parents to determine PG-13 may go beyond the PG rating in theme, violence, nudity, sensuality, language, adult activities, or other elements, but does not reach the restricted category. The theme of the motion picture, blah, blah, blah. More than brief nudity requires at least a PG-13 rating, but such nudity in a PG-13 rated movie picture generally shouldn't be sexually oriented. So you can be nude, you just can't be doing sexy things. Yeah, you can show Matt Damon's butt in The Martian. Right. And And thank thank you for doing that. Thanks, Ridley. (laughs) Thanks so much. (laughs) Good job, Ridley. Good butt, Matt. Uh... There may be depictions of harsher, sexually derived words, though only as expletive, mm-hmm. and there can be more violence, but it cannot be realistic or extreme or persistent. Hmm. Interesting. That's, that's love... subjective to me. Like I feel like, yeah, yeah. That. yeah, yeah. Violence is totally subjective. It's it's very interesting. I feel like PG thirteen movies. I've seen more like gore and violence from those than any R-rated movie I've ever seen. Possibly. Yeah. But also, I love that it says adult activities. The first thing that came to mind for me was like paying your taxes. So we can't have that. That's actually why everything everywhere all at once is rated R. It's for yeah. all the tax content. Yeah. We don't want to And because whenever they're doing taxes they're naked. And it's, like sexually it's, so. It's a stylistic choice and I applaud the Daniels for being so brave in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Here's... what? Oh, go ahead. I, I had long, I mean, I 
threatened Tom on at least one occasion of a oh, Dune intervention, and I don't want to. I don't want to force that on anybody here. But I just want to. I just want to just gauge your opinions. Are you a Dune fan? You like Dune? Um. So here's the thing. I listened oh, to the Dune? book because I kept trying to read it, and I couldn't get through even maybe the first chapter, and it's I didn't understand what was happening. There were too many things going on. It was everything. Okay. Here's the thing. I feel like the audience needs to know that, like, I went to the same film program as Zach. Yeah. And Zach is such a movie person. Like, you just know everything about movies, I feel you, like. And you, here's, in, in a way that is in no way profitable to me. <laughs> but All also is like a information lives in my head rent-free, and I would love nothing more for it to pay rent. <laughs> Yeah, but it is it is something that I think is very impressive to film people. And I'm also like, I always feel like half a film person. Like I, I knew three, I forgot color names when Tom did yeah. that color thing. Earlier. Yeah. So I'm just not a huge um, film person. So I feel like I need to say that first before I say the reason that Dune is hard for me is because it has all the components of a film or TV series that I already know that I won't enjoy. It's because if I'm, if there's a fantasy land, hear me out. If there's a fantasy land, breaking my heart right now, such as Lord of the Rings or um, Star Wars, those are two franchises that I am, my brain cannot compute because, because there is not one person that is from normal earth that they have to explain everything to you need a you need a point of view character i need a percy jackson who's yeah. like i have no idea what i'm doing here and everyone comes around him to explain constantly what's happening sure 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 that's what i need that being said i did listen to dune and i have not watched the first part but i anticipate going to watch the first part before i watch the second because zendaya is in it and i'm contractually obligated to watch everything that zendaya is in fair I mean, so in- here's here's some context for listeners on why I'm not a huge Dune fan. For the record, I just feel like we've never actually given the the background or history. You, I mean, as as far as as far as I'm aware, you just said that it was long, and you weren't <laughs> you weren't a fan of Chalamet. I do oh, not. Oh, like I am but- a fan of Timothy Chalamet. So that's another reason why I will be going. Generally pro Chalamet. I think that dune the book specifically is there there's just so much lore and so much exposition required to understand the world so when you translate it to a movie it can be very dull very quick Hmm. because there's just so much stuff you have to get through in order for it to make any damn sense Fair. Um, and I just but, think... But their eyes are but their eyes blue. Their eyes are indeed blue. Their eyes are blue, though. They are blue. And that's I, compelling. Like, the cinematography of Dune is gorgeous. It's a beautiful movie. It's also just like... I don't know. Characters... There's just a lot of one-note dull characters. And there's a lot of just... You gotta set up so much world building. It's like uh, that one guy. Um, what's his name? Brandon Sanderson books. 
Um, uh, to be fair, I am not into Brandon Sanderson. Like that's that's not and that's not a dig on him. Like I just that is there's a lot there that I is daunting. For or me I just feel like I feel like adapting a Brandon Sanderson book is similar to adapting Dune. It's just the rules of the world are too convoluted and messy and require too much back work for it to make sense visually. Hmm. Okay. Not everything needs to be in every medium. Sure. Zach, do you feel... Have you read the book? I've read the first one. Do you I've... feel as if it's the um, movies are doing it justice so far? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, like I, I would agree the, the book is very daunting and lore-heavy and hard to parse if you aren't like on the same wavelength as it. Like if you don't pick it up near the beginning, you might never like pick it up. And so like I, I fully understand anyone like being like, oh, I couldn't get through that book and I don't know what happened in it. Um I I think I think they for the most part they do, do a good job because it's uh they they I think the movie at least, the Denis Villeneuve movie does a semi good job of pushing you into this like fully formed world, but not overwhelming you all at once with it. And people may disagree with me on that, and that's fine. People will like what they like. Uh, and I mostly brought up Dune because it's an evergreen topic for this show. <laughs> and I would so... say I'm I'm pro I'm pro the book having read it. But I think the um, I haven't watched the movies yet. I'm excited to watch them, and I'll probably be pro the movies just because of the cast yeah. and the big the big noises apparently that it has in it. Apparently, the very soundtrack loud. is very is Wailing. very loud. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it yeah. has Tenet and Interstellar scenario of sometimes the soundtrack is very loud that you literally can't hear what people are saying. Okay. Um, but Zach, Man, I have a question for you about Tenet. And Tenet is a could be an evergreen topic for this show. I haven't here's, watched it. Okay. Here's here's my it. question. And I understand we're adapting a book, so we're adapting yes. source material, so it's a yeah. little bit more complicated. But like, all of the characters are eternally brooding, in a in a Zack Snyder Superman kind of way. Like sure. everybody is sad and mopey, and the lighting in every scene is very dark. There are very few colors, and I know it takes place on a desert planet, so like the color palette is not going to be vibrant. I get it. Reek Fraser, cinematographer. But I just feel like even a very serious show, like Breaking Bad, gives you a Saul Goodman. There's somebody who you're like, this is the voice of lightness and kind of reason. And I feel like in Dune, everybody is just brooding and sad and colorblind and not willing to... There's just no voice of reason for me to be like, this person um, is reacting that to is, things rationally. If, that is true I, to the book. <laughs> if I may make a, a, an, a, a counter to that, uh-huh. um, at least in the first movie, and he does not exist in the second movie, but Jason Momoa as Duncan Idaho uh-huh. is a bright and shining light in the first Dune movie. He is the chillest most bro sort of like ah he repeatedly like if he goes to if he appears in a scene where chalamet is he immediately like runs to timothy chalamet and gives him a big hug 
like he he's good and nice in that first movie and then he spoilers he dies in the by the end of the first movie and uh although his character is repeatedly cloned in the other books uh the second movie they probably won't include that plot point so his real name yeah his real name is also duncan idaho which is incredible yeah yeah it's really good anyways zach your dune intervention backfired I mean, this is not the official Dune intervention. No. I'm, oh, it I'm isn't? Easing, I'm, easing, I'm easing Tom in. Eventually, we'll get there. We're going to go multiple episodes without mentioning Dune at all. And then one oh. someday, Tom will hop on this Discord server with eight to ten of his closest friends and family. And we're all going to sit him down and tell him that we love him, but we think he has a problem. And we have a car waiting outside to escort him to a private screening of Dune. And, and Guys, please, do you... just, please just listen to us, please. Do you think that anyone's ever done an intervention before for someone who doesn't like something enough? Usually it's something they like a little too much. Yeah, but could it work? So maybe we actually work? need to turn this to intervention around. And maybe Zach. you're the problem, Zach. No, no, I, I don't have a problem. You have a problem with Dune. I listen. Here's. Here's the thing about Dune. We don't have to keep talking about Dune. We can move on. Oh, now that the now that the tables have turned, mm-hmm. <laughs> you sit in the Dune hot seat for a second. I just like how last week too, you were like, "Yeah, everyone in my meme chat, as soon as the trailer dropped, sent a bunch of really good memes," as if that would make me be like, "This is a good thing." It was just very I think funny. I said it for that reason. I just said it to prove that. I knew people who liked Dune as much as I did. Basically, here's the problem. The premise, as we went over last time, the premise of I also of think I movie... deleted that for the most part from the, the episode. Oh. I think I cut that out. So The premise of this movie is that there was a man who didn't need to resort to violence to keep peace. And that man is viewed as weak. And instead, we find out that violence is the answer. And violence is the way to go. And that instead of it being turned around, that this man who thought that there was a higher way to go, a that better way to be, he actually film. is just weak. That is not the thesis it. of the film. It is the anti-hero's journey. What if the hero's journey, in which we follow a protagonist uh, through a journey of self-actualization, was actually slowly turning them into the villain, not the hero? And what are the they repercussions be of that? Self-actualized, they'd be the opposite of self-actualized. He's self-actualized in an evil way, and he still feels, but he also feels bad about it. Is Dune just the prequel to the Wonka movie that's going to come out? Like this oh, is how he Wonka got to be coming out too. Mm-hmm. It is true. That is true. It's how he gets to like his evil depths of being yeah. Wonka. Mm-hmm. It, the movie ends with him enslaving Oopaloopas. Oh my god. And being like... They're from Arrakis. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. They all have blue eyes. The <laughs> oh gosh. Who's playing the Oompa Loompas again? Uh, Hugh Grant is one of them. Wow. Are they not copy-pasting him? I, I truly don't know if there will be more. I really I mean, hope not. More things. 
more people it's not playing just an, with Lucas right an now. army of Hugh Grants. Now, Emmy. Mm -hmm. Do you have a little app known as Letterboxd? Nope. Sure don't. Do you know what Letterboxd is? Yes. Okay. What if I told you that there's there's larger than you think is a reasonable amount of people who want Letterboxd to do an update where they allow for DMs. So I could like Bad DM idea. you on Letterboxd and be like, hey, you got some mm -hmm. good taste in movies. You want to come over and watch a movie? Hey, Absolutely I, not. I thought your review of Iron Man 2 was really funny. I thought you had some insightful thoughts about Ant-Man 3. <laughs> Quantumania. Your, Quantumania. Your, your heaped praise upon Jonathan Majors really spoke to me. Um, uh -huh. I also think he's a great guy. Would you want to hang out sometime? <laughs> he and I have a lot in common. <laughs> Let's oh Why Yikes. don't you come over? No, 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 um, no. I, I do uh, not co-sign that statement. <laughs> so, um, Emmy. I don't like when you do that, Tom. So you like swivel I, in your chair and you go, so Emmy. Here's what, I, here's, here's what I want the three of us to do. Imagine a universe where Letterboxd goes through with it and you can DM people and it kind of becomes this weird, you know how like Facebook, you can do dating now. Like there's a million places where you can just do in app, like find. Seems like the worst possible way to do it. Correct, correct. But I want us to come up with a because on Letterboxd you can do what is it like your four favorite films? Like we'll be yeah. your had it. So we need to come up with the four. What four films would be the most like unattractive? <laughs> but what, the four red the like red flag movies, right? But here's the catch: it can't you can't just be like um, here's four. Terrible movie. Like you can't be like the room, and you know what I mean, like all of this stuff. Because then yeah, everyone would be like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. this person is trying to be funny." Like in their yeah. Tinder bio, in their Letterbox bio, they're just trying to be funny, as if like, "Oh, those are my favorite movies." So it has mm -hmm. to be stuff that you're like, someone could legitimately really like these movies, and that's kind of a problem for me. Okay, someone could legitimately like. The for me, it is someone could legitimately like these movies and have easily taken the wrong message or misinterpreted the themes so for me like i think that someone if someone loves the walking phoenix todd phillips joker movie and is it that's in like their top four like i i would not feel great about that uh-huh so so i created a uh a, a list of four Okay. So, I'll, so I'll go first to give you guys some time to think, but I also want you both to weigh in on on my list, and I have good reasons for why. Okay. Okay. Movie one for favorite movie, Bridge of Spies. I like Bridge of Spies, Tom. Yes. I I a, also like yes, it. Yes. Right. But here's why: because this is somebody who's watched Steven Spielberg movies and been like, if a Spielberg movie is going to be in my top four. Bridge of Spies is the one I want to be there. <laughs> like this is this is why it's a problem because it's like somebody who clearly watches a lot of movies has clearly seen Spielberg movies and is like that's the one. Uh, Jurassic Park, no thanks. Uh, right. 
I Bridge of Spies is a good movie. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. So Bridge of Spies. Okay. Two crash. We talk okay, there are multiple crashes. Interesting. We're talking we're talking Oscar winner. We're talking Paul Haggis crash. Crash. With John Cheadle. Yes. Again, this is somebody who thinks that they have it's just you know the type of person. I, sure. No, you exactly do. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I had one one person in college one time, and I won't say who because we all know him. But he um I, I was like putting the movies away. I used to work at the library at college. I was putting movies away and Crash was one of them. And he was commenting on that. And I was like, oh yeah, I haven't seen it. And he was like, you haven't seen Crash? And like, you do. You're right, Tom. I don't yeah. think I've seen It's that. a vibe. It's a vibe you get. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I've seen Crash. So we have Bridge of Spies, Crash. Then we have, for the reasons that Zach was saying with Joker, we have Hillbilly Elegy. Okay. Oh. I have, not, I have not seen that, but I am aware of the baggage that movie has. Yes. So if that wasn't yeah. somebody's top four with Bridge <laughs> of Spies and Crash. For me, that also speaks to a, a fundamental like lack of taste in Ron Howard movies as well, because there's mm-hmm. so many better Ron Howard movies that they could have picked. Mm-hmm. Like, even if they liked the Jim Carrey Grinch and they had that in their top four, I would be okay with it. And then the fourth one, I know that... Here's, here's why. Because we have these other three, if the fourth one was the Emoji movie, you know that this person is like, and then I'll put that one there so they know I'm funny. So this, this quadruplet of movies, if it was on somebody's letterboxed dating sort of like meet singles in your area who are also into film Hmm. would be for me the biggest red flag i immediately hate this person okay i mean we are kind of just creating a type of person and getting really mad at that type of person (laughs) Mm -hmm. who doesn't really exist um but i i mean i can i can understand that that like being like ooh, seeing that and like cringing a little bit and being like i don't know if this is like i don't this is such like a weirdly chaotic like eclectic mix of films that if it does indeed speak to this person's personality i might not gel with them super well that's Um, the very kind noble zach way to say i feel like i I immediately hate this i feel like (laughs) i have to put little decency (laughs) Little decency right. band aids on everything. Yes. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, I, if someone was really into Joker or like American Psycho, I mean, American Psycho is a good movie, but people, especially recently, have misunder- misinterpreted that movie a lot. And then, um, I don't know, just movies I find annoying. I feel like, like American Psycho is going through what Clockwork Orange went through like five years ago, where just people, like people are getting really into it, and I'm like, this is a little weird to me. Did people get really into Clockwork Orange relatively recently? Is that true? Yeah, I, I remember this. That must have missed me, man. A lot of people suddenly being like really into it, and I was like, oh, okay. If if someone really liked uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, I would, mm. I would be like. Are you sure? Are you sure about that one? What is it? What is it about Bohemian Rhapsody? I don't remember that much about it. 
So it is the movie version of a Queen Greatest Hits album. Mm-hmm. It is, I mean, there, and there's not a whole lot wrong with that specifically, because I, I mean, I like Queen just as much as the next person. Uh, I don't think the uh, Rami Malek performance is anywhere near as good as most people say. But what about all of his teeth? His big, white, fat teeth. A lot of teeth. His, his big plastic teeth are a little annoying to me. Mm. And distracting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not super historically accurate. Uh, mm. The editing. <laughs> there is a video out there in the world of um, someone taking a scene from Bohemian Rhapsody and editing a whip crack noise whenever the 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 edit like cuts to like the next shot (laughs) and it it shows like there is a scene in which they're like meeting with like a manager or something and it is like snapping like every two seconds and with no like actual like rhyme or reason to why we're showing this person at this second or this person at this second it really just seemed like okay i've got four different video like clips that i need to edit together in the sequence uh i don't know how i'm gonna do this let's just go that there 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 it's like it's it's there's no there is a level of intuition that goes with editing as someone who edits video uh there is a level of just like yes this feels right this trusting my instincts this should go here but it seems as though at least that scene specifically the editor's instincts were bad in my opinion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, is it like the Elvis he's white scene where there's like 13 cuts? No, because that one's interesting. <laughs> like I wouldn't I'll admit that like that is edited in a like sort of madcap crazy way. But no, this is like a normal like dialogue scene of like three or four people talking to each other. And it is cutting like and there's no the energy of their conversation does not match that editing style at all. Like it is a very just casual sort of conversation. It's the manager's like, so you're a queen and you you're Freddie Mercury. And I think he's Scottish. I might have just pulled that accent out of nowhere. But <laughs> there's, there's no reason why they all, why it needs to be that way. Uh, I will throw that video in the general chat after we're done recording. And uh, you guys can see for yourselves. Um, Good. But it is, it's not my movie. If we want a formulaic, biopic about a british musician from the 70s and 80s rocket man's right there and it's actually good and engaging and well edited and the music is done in an interesting way so speaking of rocket man zach what if i told you today i was out and about in the world you yeah i was out and about and uh i almost came face to face with elton ron Reg? Elton Ron. Elton Ron. <laughs> uh, an Elton John impersonator who plays his entire set list while pretending to be Elton John. Is he good? Is he I did not actually run into him. I just knew that he was in the same... He was doing stuff in the same vicinity as me. Okay. So, something to keep in mind. Elton yep. Ron. Let me see if I can find be on, the, be on the lookout, fellas. He's out don't, there. Don't get fooled by Elton Ron. <laughs> don't get fooled. 
Don't get fooled by Elton. I think I found his website here. Um, you typed in Elton Ron. <laughs> and so Ron is spelled like John, but yeah. with an R. So there's R-O-H-N. And I'll give him credit. He looks like Elton John. He does. Does he look, he, does he he look is, like Elton John now? Or? Yeah, he looks like current day Elton John. Oh, okay. I can understand him having, I mean, if he can sing well, a, he may have a career in this. And I mean, apparently he does. So, but he does, in fact, indeed look like Elton John. I'll throw the link out uh, to his website in the thing because it's kind of wild, actually. Elton Ron is such a silly name. <laughs> Elton Ron. Can I read you some I, comments? Well, oh, yeah, I, I, I have a couple things that would... Yeah. If I can throw them out there. And they yeah. might be a little bit of um, spicy takes. But okay. I personally... The challenge was what would be a red flag. Correct? Okay. So here's my red flag. Pulp Fiction. I'm so sorry. If that's your number one, get a personality. <laughs> is that on your top no, four? No, 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 absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I mean, I like that movie, but it is. It yeah. Is How crazy yeah. would it be if right now Emmy like said two movies from Zach's top four and two from mine? Like just unbeknownst, because we've established she doesn't have the app, and she was just like, I just honestly, no, I downloaded it, and I start reading off all of Zach's. <laughs> I be, think that would be great. Uh, amazing. <laughs> um. So is Letterboxd. Is Letterboxd for um, shows as well, or is it only movies? Uh, there are mini, like one sing season mini series that have that are on okay. here, but for ongoing shows, not really. No. Okay, I would also say if this show's on there, if anyone had the show Dahmer on there, big that red probably, flag. That probably is on here, though. Yeah. The not the a fan of net, that. The Netflix Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a fan of that. Um, if they no, had maybe. Eternals, <laughs> oh Eternals man, you don't like Eternals. <laughs> you don't, I you don't okay, love, fun. You don't like Icarus and Kingo mm, and no. uh, the other ones whose names I can't remember. <laughs> I don't care about any single person that was in that movie. And when I watched it with a friend of mine, there were maybe like four other people in the theater. And when we, when the credits ended, and freaking. What's his face? Harry Styles came yeah, out for two Styles. seconds and did his thing. When the credits finally were over, a woman behind me and my friend stood up and said, did anyone like that? And I think that's a good. That's what everyone wanted to say in that moment. And I'm she's so brave for saying it. And so, right. Yeah. I didn't so, care yeah, much it, for Eternals. No, Eternals not, not stinks. Well, Especially after and seeing Madland and being like, hey, this director could do good work. Yeah. Uh, not my favorite. So, um, and then I had, and then I had, um, Triumph of the Will. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I was gonna say, uh, Birth of a Nation is probably <laughs> be a red flag for me. If you're a big Birth of the Nation fan, can't really, probably won't be able to vibe with you very well. Uh huh. And okay. I think there are people who unironically have that on their letterboxed. Just Triumph of the Will. Straight up. Do you remember Birth of a Nation and then Zack Snyder's upcoming Ayn Rand thing? No. And then and then Uncharted. Here, my mom loves Uncharted. Um, she does? My mom is pro Uncharted. Remember when they dropped a boat on that woman? 
Remember that there's two women in the movie and they're both evil? I um I I'm I like the video games. The Uncharted games are fun. I've I there were don't a, care much for the movie, but <laughs> there there were interview. I'm pretty sure there was some interview during the press <laughs> the press junket for Uncharted where Tom Holland basically said, I'm scared of Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Rightfully so. I know, honestly. It seems like an intense, intense persona. He could have stopped 9-11. He could have. Oh, my God. Have you not heard that quote? Have you heard that quote, Emmy? Uh, He could have stopped 9-11? Mark Wahlberg gave an interview. I don't even know when it was. It it must have been like at least 10 years ago where someone was talking about something and he said, I don't even know if it was prompted or whatever, but he said something to the effect of, if I was on that plane, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have gone down like the way it did. <laughs> there would have like, been a lot of dead terrorists on that plane once right. I was done with He was that. like, I would have taken the plane back. Mark, you can't say that. And now he's on every single, every other Instagram ad is him like doing a Hail Mary or something. I don't know what's yeah. going on. He's got a Catholic app. Um, yeah. And he's making movies with Mel Gibson. It would interest you to know, uh, Emmy, that Tom does not, in fact, have his top four posted publicly on Letterboxd. Oh, why? What are you afraid of, Tom? Do have I made a top four? You have not done. You have not done. Oh, I just, it's is, just not a thing I've done. Is Uncharted on your top four, and you're just scared? Be honest, Tom. I, I have Be not. Honest. I what? no. I can't say that it is. My top, I have, here, here, I, I will have, go on my letterbox and I will tell you what my top highest rated movies are, and then I'll just make those my top four. While you're looking okay. that up, I'll go through my top four just to get a get a gauge on how red flaggy I am. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Uh, there is one fairly film broy like dorm room poster movie in my top four. Um, nice. But is it Eternals? It is not Eternals. Um, the mm. first one, probably my favorite movie, is Inside Lewin Davis. Starring Oscar Isaac. I'm seeing a nod. No, that's a great movie. That, that a is good a nod, movie. bad nod. I've never seen it. It's about a sad man with a cat. Isn't he a, is he a, a musician? Guitar. Yeah, he's a musician. Yeah. And he's sad and kind of a jerk to people. Oh, bummer. Because he, he his career is going nowhere because he's so good at one thing. But that one thing isn't making him any money and not giving him any professional fulfillment. And you can understand why I relate to it. Oh, uh, Zach. Uh, the second, which is this is the most broy one. Good Fe- Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas is on here. It's a very good movie. It's it's mm. about terrible people and it is violent and profane in places, but it's also just really well made. Uh, and then It's a Wonderful Life uh, makes me cry oh, yeah. every time. Love it every Love time. It. Love That's Jimmy. a great movie. Jimmy and Donna, my my ride or die for them. And then the uh, the OG Jurassic Park is my number four. Mm, very good. So, I mean, of, of the two that I've seen, they're good. Yeah, I'm 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 fifty percent. Mine would be according to my own letterbox. Uh, Catch me if you can. Good movie. About time. Which I'm told it's a good no movie. No one can bash because about time. The Empire Strikes Back. Good movie. And it would appear fantastic, Mr. Fox. Also good movie. I like all of those. I'm not the one who would be able to red flag any of those, though. 
I think they're all good. Read them back really quick again. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, uh, I didn't. I don't have it pulled up anymore. But about time and catch me oh. if you can. Yes. Oh yeah, I haven't seen about time, but actually, I've heard some friends who are on dating apps. They asked um, their this guy that they're talking to. They asked favorite movie, and he said about time, and they're like, "That's a huge green flag." So apparently, I need to watch. Need to watch about that's time a good. Again. That's a good Here's, sign. I, mean, I, I don't to want to dive too much into about your. Time. I don't want to dive too much into your friend's personal life. Um, quick question. I understand what was happening. I was just a little confused. I get it now. You were saying they... I thought you were saying there was a group. Like, there was a few friends of yours who were both messaging the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I, There's one friend who is messaging a dude, and he said about time, and everyone in the gotcha. friend group was like... Green flag. Uh, I thought yeah, it was a uh-huh. bunch of people messaging the same <laughs> individual, and I want to know no. if they all happened to match with him and were competing, or if there was like a group. They were all matching with scenario. him, but unfortunately, he was a time traveler, so they were matching with him at different points. It's about it's about time about time yeah. travel. Yeah, I think <laughs> okay. so. Okay, it's it's yeah. about a guy. This is as best I know. I don't think I've seen it. Um, I wouldn't. I haven't seen it. It's it's about a guy who learns that from his dad that they all have the pa- all of the people in his family have the power to travel through time. So he uses time travel to fix a romantic relationship that he uh, that he messed up, or maybe he is in the middle of, or something to disastrous and or good uh, uh, consequences. Tom, did uh, I get it? Generally, I mean, the main message of the story is that love is messy, and that's what makes it worth it. So then he himself learns to stop and not do that. Nice. So, like, it's a, it's a good film. Nice. I'm a big fan. That movie is amazing. Um, it makes me cry every single time. Specifically, Bill Nighy makes me cry. Good actor. Rachel McAdams is in that, so I'm pro it. We already know your thoughts on her armpit. I'm just saying she's very good in Game Night. She is. She's very good in that. When she says, oh no, he died, she's right. He did, in fact, die. Got sucked right up into that plane engine. Indeed. I have a bomb that I can share. I would love a Tom bomb, please. Unless, I mean, did you have other things? Me? Yeah. No. No? (laughs) When no. you came out when you came out to the show, what did you want to talk about? What what was your what were you hoping for? Yeah, I mean, oh I well. What so was on your I recently, agenda? Oh, I you know me with my agenda, so I always know what I'm doing, I, and I always I think, think before I, mean, I talk. I think agenda. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's me. Um, I did recently, as in last night, finally watch the new John Mulaney uh, special. And I just want to say, what a great... I've never been so entertained by a PR stunt. Yeah. As that special. What a way to rewrite your story, bro. (laughs) I saw that show live when he was on tour. You did. I did. I saw it in uh, the Twin Cities in a very large hockey rink. Uh, And we had terrible seats. 
and I could hear, I could, I could, the audio where we were sitting, the mic quality where we were sitting especially was not great. Mm-hmm. But I think I, I I can remember enough to think that hey, most of what was in the Netflix special is in the was what I saw. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say I mean, as much as it might seem like a PR stunt, he is being a little bit more self-effacing, which I think PR mm-hmm. often tells you, hey, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Don't don't openly like admit that you uh like have huge faults or or like uh don't like if if PR is built around hey people need to like you I fail to see how that special quite fully accomplishes that goal outside of maybe sympathy and mm-hmm. so uh but I thought it was I mean I thought it was pretty good it's not as funny as his old stuff but then again he is no longer affecting his sort of persona that he used to so mm-hmm. yeah I thought he did a good job with what he got himself into yeah, but yeah, there was a very there were a few moments where I was like, you mentioned sympathy. I was like, okay, this is an interesting like how yeah how do you have a comedy special after this? <laughs> I think he did honestly probably the best job he could have. Yeah, but but it did. There were moments where I was like, mm, okay, trying to trying to clean your name up, which I get. Tom, did you see that special? I did. I somebody I saw it live. Uh in Grand Rapids. Um and I don't know, afterwards I just felt weird. Like after seeing it live, I felt just weird about it cuz I was like he doesn't Again, he's a comedian, he's an entertainer. He has he has gone his whole life, his whole career thinking about things in a specific way. Um like comedians are are always trying to find the angle to a joke. I think with their, it's like if, if that's how you process and see the world. Um, but I just feel like he doesn't seem to take ownership for how much damage and harm he caused other people. Um, in in ways that nobody wants you to in a stand up comedy. But you know what I mean? Like he can't yeah. he can't like break down in tears and like make a yeah. like he, nobody's expecting i would that. rather it just, it i would rather not go a comedy about. show and expect him to to uh talk to like stare people he doesn't know in the face and tell yeah. them why specifically yeah. he got divorced and totally. whether or not he like thinks about how his ex-wife is like handling things right you don't need it to just, the performance art yeah right it just i feel like feels... that in the end could be more exploitative than what we ended up getting right it just uh, there was a, there were times where it just felt like what he was doing was not. It just I don't know. It felt weird to be, and it felt like he was not taking it seriously enough. And if it's something that was this major of a life event in your life, maybe don't make light of it and joke about it. I feel like is what I would say. Sure. But flip side of all of that, like my favorite current comedian taylor tomlinson uh love her she often makes jokes about her mom's death and like part of me is like those are really funny so like maybe again if you have a big crisis and you're a comedian maybe that's just how you do it 
So mm. who can say? Did yeah. she kill her mom, though? <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. Correct. <laughs> but but I see what you're saying. Like it's a it is a filter that you see your life through. I don't know. I think that track those specifically. <laughs> I don't know if that translates super well between the two personalities, but I think yeah yeah I think they're very yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on. It just it did Tom. I definitely felt the like discomfort while watching it. Of like I am laughing. You are very funny. You're also very charming, and, like, that's something that I was trying to actively, like, almost fight against while watching it. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I know that this is a talent you have. I know that when you say, oh, I'm joking, like, I'm wink, wink, I need attention. I'm like, no, that's real. <laughs> like, right. that's an actual thing that you're struggling with. But I think also, like, again, it's, it's so easy to judge people that we don't know. So it's... Mm-hmm. It's hard, but I, I did laugh. It was funny. You got a bomb, Tom? Yeah, what's I your do. bomb? I do. Uh, this is the least fleshed out a bomb has ever been. But here we go. It's a comedy. It's a culture journalist who discovers that her organization's new social media manager has been bounced from company to company after making one huge PR disaster after another, getting the corporations that he works for into serious PR trouble and costing each organization he previously worked for millions. But is he merely an incompetent nepotism baby who can't help but fail upwards? Or is he a galaxy-brained tactical anarchist whose public anti-corporate game has yet to reach its fever pitch? Okay. That's a a pretty long... For a thing that's not fully fleshed out, Tom, it's a fairly long element. No, 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 no. I'm saying you normally ask me a million questions about who's in it and like the more okay. of the premise than I say. That's all I have. Okay. I know nothing else about this. And so it's like a it's like a rivalry or like a or like it's the, a rom com. He's he's in PR. He everywhere he goes ends up having to fold. She's a culture journalist. He starts working for her place. Yeah. She's like. This is a disaster, but then she's like, or is he actually causing them all to have their downfalls from the inside intentionally? Hmm. I, uh, I think I'm going to need a little bit more flesh on these bones before I can make a decision for you, Tom. Emmy has a pitch for wheelchair werewolf. I don't think she does, Tom. No, I sure don't. What is going on? You don't remember Wheelchair Werewolf? No. Wheelchair Werewolf was a, uh, a not a pitch as so much as though a, a really cool title for a <laughs> project that Tom would love to. It's just I have the title day. and I have no idea what it's about. Wait, you okay? Wait, you want to make a movie called Wheelchair Werewolf? Yes, but there's no way to make it work. And that's the So problem. you want me to pitch <laughs> what your title is? Yes. What could... Where, what, okay, okay, okay. 
Okay, wheelchair werewolf. I always, whenever I hear the word werewolf, I think of this song from 30 Rock, the werewolf yeah. bar mitzvah. Werewolf bar mitzvah, boys becoming Spooky, men, scary. men wolves. Um, so currently that's my brain, but, um, okay, wheelchair werewolf. So what, what is the genre you're looking for, Tom? Can you give me any more information? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a horror, but if it's horror comedy or horror slasher, that's your, that's up to you. Okay. Is it, um, what's the style, um, I know you said I can choose horror comedy versus horror slasher, but if you were going to um, put it in the style of a director or a production company working today, what would you do? Ari Aster? Basically, whoever made Velocipaster. Okay, so you're thinking like very schlocky, sort of like low budget, uh, like straight to Amazon Prime or Red. Tom, Box. those don't have pitches. I feel like people genuinely just get a camera and start filming stuff. I don't think they know they, where they're they going. They find the story while filming. They do. Yeah. That's their art. There's Velocipaster. There's Count Pastula. And now there's going to be Wheelchair Werewolf. Not in the same universe. Count Pastula? Hold on. Hold vibe. on. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, they're not in the same universe, but can we do like a can we do like a um a split version? Like if they're in the same universe, like at the very, very end, you just see Velocipastor having a drink with someone else. Like in split. I think that's how we should do it. I'm here to Wait, can it be in the style of an M. Night Shyamalan movie, actually? Yeah. Wheelchair Werewolf by M. Night Shyamalan. The dialogue is is really whack, but the story's kind of cool, and the camera work's actually really cool, too. Yeah, and then at the end, you're suddenly, like, you thought it was the 1800s, but it's actually 2007. <laughs> Turns out I Bruce think... Willis was real the whole time. <laughs> or or uh, dead, one of the two. Those seem mm-hmm. to be at least two of the, two of the, two or of the tricks. Or the beach made him old, maybe, in the end. Okay, so... What, what was it? Wheelchair Adam. werewolf. Wheelchair yes. werewolf. Um, so what do we want? I feel like there should be a big twist in it. Um, maybe that he could walk the whole time. <laughs> when, he, when he turns into a werewolf, he loses his ability to stand and walk. Oh. See, so, I feel like we could get into some dicey like ableism territory, maybe. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is why it never that's the, works. That's the main pitch. That was the reason why I had to this... shoot down any pitches that Tom originally had for Wheelchair <laughs> yeah. Werewolf. Yeah, I don't think this will I, work. I don't think I could square it, you know? No, I think you're right. I think this doesn't work. So sorry, Tom. What you if have to the do werewolf your own got thing. its legs amputated? Tom, here's the deal, bro. Werewolf you can't man. you can't go into a pitch meeting and say, "Here's my title. You guys need to figure it out. You here's, do what you need to do." Listen, listen, listen. This is about to be potentially very problematic, but hear me out. Just bear with me. Get me all. Just hear it all the way through. He steps on a landmine. He's not a he's not a military veteran. He's not anything like that. He just he steps on a landmine 
that was buried. He's just a normal guy who had a chance encounter with a landmine. No, yeah, he stepped on a landmine that they buried in World War II. You know how they still have like sheep walking through landfields from World War II in France, and sometimes sheep just blow up. Sure. He's so, a sheep. No, he's a werewolf that was that eating could... the sheep, and when he was a werewolf mm. attacking the sheep in the landmine field. It he blew his it? legs off, but makes him wheelchair ridden. But he can still he still is a werewolf. We have it only blew his legs off. Yes. <laughs> It didn't immediately kill him? Nope, just his legs. Okay, just okay that's legs. miraculous. Because he was a werewolf when it happened. Okay, well, whoa, 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 wait. They took him to a hospital and they were like, we gotta fix this wolf up. No, 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 he steps <laughs> on it. He steps on it. His legs get blown off. Someone was carrying the werewolf and saying, my son, into the hospital? I'm, Is that what was happening? You've got to save my son! Save and my then, boy! And then a cloud goes over the moon, and he turns back into a normal guy. Oh, just gosh! Without just without oh, that's leg. horrifying. And then somebody finds him as a guy, and is like, oh, jeez. And they bring him to a hospital as a guy. I feel like that yeah. has the, the body horror potential of that movie, Men. Did you guys ever watch I that? I did not watch Men. Gosh, I didn't either. But even just hearing about what happened in it, I feel like that's... Is that the level you want to go to, Tom? <laughs> is that what you're willing to do? For he's, a wheel, he's a wheelchair-ridden werewolf. Okay. And... Or maybe, maybe, maybe he's the really... You know what's you know what works well in horror? Really old people. Really old people scare the shit mm-hmm. out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, that old lady in the first episode of uh, The Last of Us, terrifying. Mm. Basically, he's a really old person who's in a wheelchair. So it's not ableism; it's ageism. <laughs> so listen. And that's better. He's just a very old person in a wheelchair, played by Dick Van Dyke. Wild, Tom. I have wait now. I'm actually on board, (laughs) Tom. I legitimately I was mindlessly scrolling through Twitter because I cannot imagine that we have we are producing anything remotely close to a functioning plot for Wheelchair Werewolf. And who should (laughs) happen across my screen, Tom? The minute you say Dick Van Dyke, then Mr. DVD himself, (laughs) Dick Van Dyke, it's meant to be. And this now is, Zach, is Zach tells us live on air that Dick Van Dyke is dead. I have some truly <laughs> oh, terrible news. <laughs> he just, I'm right on Twitter right now, and he's dead. No, it was a picture of him and Mel Brooks, and they were making funny faces. Dick Van Dyke, star of Werewolf Wheelchair, wheelchair has werewolf. died. <laughs> The thing I would not—it'll be announced. I would not willingly rob Dick Van Dyke of his mobility. Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. That guy can still tap dance. Yeah, and he'll be a werewolf that tap dances because it's a musical. Oh. Saving the best part for last, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What so what's think? the, like... Well, I just want to know, like, what are your, like, overarching themes for this movie? Yeah, what's this movie really about? That it's never too late. To become a werewolf. The change for the good. That's your theme for your horror comedy. Well, 
musical like starring Dick Van Dyke. Horror comedy musical starring Dick Van Dyke. I think that's pretty from, good. From the creators of Velocipaster. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Emmy, it's been great having you on. It's been great being here. Thank you very much for coming on. We'll have to get you back for something in the near future. Tom, anything you need to sign off with? Yeah, so I was at Tulip Time today, as as one can be if they choose to do so. Live and... within a drivable distance to a majority Dutch city in the and, Midwestern U.S. Um, I know partially why this struck me as so funny. But I think a, a larger reason of why it struck me as funny is I, I have learned that I really like jokes where the the setup and just getting the premise to work for the joke takes a very long time to explain. And then the payoff is minimal. So kind of what Norm MacDonald's whole deal Yeah, was. yeah, the whole, the funny, the, the thing, the only thing funnier than the punchline to this joke is the amount of time that I've stolen from you in telling it. Because there was somebody at Tulip Time who was like, imagine if I thought that because at two of time everybody's like walking around in like the bonnets and the like train sure. conductor sure garb um they were like imagine if i thought that uh all of this traditional dutch garb was just amish people and imagine if i thought that <laughs> imagine if i thought that amish people were jews can you imagine if right now on Main Street, I was just like, why are there so many Jews at Tulip Time? And it was so funny because there was three different things I had to imagine. Yeah. All for just a thing. And it was one of the funniest things someone has said to me in a very long time. I, I can't I can't remember. So, so, similar but shorter to that. And we need to wrap up here. But... Um, uh, there was someone who I was listening to once who said that their favorite thing to do whenever they went to like Disney world was as soon as they got there and got through the main gates where like people's families were, they would look around scoff quite loudly in disgust and say very loud enough for multiple people to hear. What is this kids day? <laughs> That's pretty very good. good. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. That is pretty good. I I thought that was funny. And I hope, audience listening at home, you thought it was funny too. Or else this has all been for naught. Um, Thanks for listening. uh, And we'll see you next time. Bye.